Okay, I am Dave Rice, the host of the KFGO Veterans Hour, and I first I want to start off today by saying thank you to Jack Sunday, who recorded that promo introducing us, and that's not the first one he's done. And I want to offer my thoughts and prayers to Jack and and his wife Jane, who just passed away. Uh, our thoughts and, and and prayers to their families. So, thank you, Jack, for what you have done, and. Uh, Sorry for your loss. Um, again, uh, I'm Dave Rice, host of the KFGO Veterans Hour, and we have another show lined up today. I think it's going to be a good one for you. And today's show is being uh, produced by Bob Harris, our uh, producer here running the mic, running the show. And uh, I talked about Jack Sunday a little bit, but Bob Harris and Ed Milligan actually started this program many, many years ago. And I had the privilege of... Uh, entering them into a contest for the American Legion Press Association Award, which they won, uh, starting this uh, recognizing print media, uh, TV, radio, whatever. Uh, We thank KFGO for their continued support for our KFGO Veterans Hour and all they do for veterans. Our our first guest today is Sandy Siddler. She is a representative of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Now, I've known... Cindy, uh, not uh, very well, but I've seen her at many meetings. Both of us serve on the Veterans Affairs Volunteers Committee, Volunteer Services Committee, and uh, that's made up of veterans organizations and civic organizations that help the VA hospital uh, taking care of our veterans. And I know the Daughters of the American Revolution are very uh, active in that effort. So I wanted to come on and tell us a little bit about their organization, and especially today, being that they are sponsoring uh, getting reefs lined up, donated, for our National Veterans Cemetery to be displayed here in about a month. So, Sandy, thank you for being on, and thank you for what you do. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Why don't you start off by just giving us a short introduction of uh, uh, your background and how you became involved with the Daughters of the American Revolution and uh, what the organization is all about. And then we'll get into the more uh, specifics of the Reefs Across America project. Sure. Um, Well, I've always kind of liked genealogy and family history. So, you know, many years ago I started working on my family tree and uh, discovered that I had quite a few people on my tree who were able to qualify for the Daughters of the American Revolution. No one in my family had actually joined it, but uh, um, but we had a lot of people who qualified. Who you know, the history went back that far. So um, shortly after I moved to Fargo, I went to a genealogy workshop over in Moorhead that they have every year, and uh, met some people from DAR and decided now was the time to go ahead and join. So I've been a mem- member for about 15 years, and right now I am the North Dakota State Regent. Uh, we have five chapters here in North Dakota throughout the state. Fargo has the largest chapter. Um, it's called the Dakota chapter. And uh, what we do is, as as a national organization, which has been in, in existence for over 130 years, our state, or our local chapter has been in existence for over 100 years, which always surprises people because they think it's only an East Coast thing. But the Daughters of the American Revolution is all over the country and all over the world. We have overseas um, chapters also. 
And what we do is we're a service organization, but we're a lineal, lineal organization in that in order to be a member, you have to be able to trace your ancestry back to someone who participated in the independence of the United States of America, whether they were a, a military person or a civic person, um, they might have signed an oath of allegiance to the United States um, or per, some other way participated with providing supplies or service to the military at that time. So um, any woman who's 18 years or older is um, able to join the DAR. Basically, we have three things that we work on. We work on historic preservation through grants and other activities um, with Bonanzaville and other groups. Uh, we pr work on patriotism, obviously, with various activities that we have, um, volunteering at the VA and other places. And we have education, where we provide scholarships for students and classroom activities for teachers um, to improve information on on the history. So that's basically what we do. Okay, well, thank you for that background. You know, I've been uh, aware of this organization for quite some time, being on the Veterans Administration Voluntary Services Committee, but I, I didn't really have an idea of what you were all about and what your qualifications were. So I, I appreciate that, that intro. And I'm mm -hmm. sure you encourage people to uh, get involved if, if possible. And how, how would they do that? Well, actually, if you go to our website, which is dar.org, there's lots of information on that page. Um, if you're interested in membership, there's a form you can fill out, an, a membership interest form. Um, there's also, like I said, all the information we talk about. Scholarships are available to um, any student. So you don't have to be a member of the DAR to apply for a scholarship. Um, we also give other scholarships through the schools. Um, there's information on just about anything. Uh, a lot of our our research is available to the public, so that you can, you know, if you if you think you might want to just do some research, even if you don't qualify for DAR, um, there's a lot of information there for doing your family tree or whatever you might want to do. Um, just you know, there's so much information right now. One of the big things that we're starting to do is work on the 250th anniversary of the United States, which is coming up in 2026, um, developing a committee and, and working on plans for that to honor patriots. Well, very good. And now, uh, I don't know how many years you can fill us in. How many years has the uh, DAR, Daughters of American Revolution, been involved with the Wreaths Across America project? And and I, I, I was curious myself, so I went on the web, I found it, and uh, I donated... Uh, uh, mm -hmm. a few bucks to uh, sponsor a reef for our North Dakota Veterans Cemetery here between Harwood and West Fargo. Could you could you go over that, uh, the Reefs of America project and how the DAR is involved? Sure. Um, I, don't, I can't tell you exactly how many years the national DAR has been involved, but right now the way they are involved is they're a sponsor for the mobile education exhibit, which um, is, a, is a mobile unit, you know, like a big, huge trailer with uh, exhibits inside, and it travels around to different areas and provides education because one of the tenets of the Rees Across America is to teach. So um, they honor and remember and teach. 
So part of the teaching is to go around and provide this information. And they have videos, and they explain about how they came into being. And um, they talk about the wreaths and what the meaning of the wreaths is. Um, locally, our chapter, the Dakota chapter, this is the first year we have done this. And the reason that we did this was because of the new National Cemetery here at Fargo. Um, we really thought this was a way to get in on the ground floor and provide wreaths for a new a new cemetery. Now, the cemetery in Mandan, the state cemetery, already has several sponsor groups that provide wreaths for them, although they still need a lot more wreaths because they have a lot more <laughs> memorials than we do here in Fargo. Um, so you can always donate to any cemetery that's on the list of wreaths across America. Uh, it doesn't have to be just this cemetery. Okay, right. And our next guest is uh, Troy Krabinoff, and he, he's involved yes. with the Civil Air Patrol, and, and those folks uh, do a lot of uh, volunteer work of placing the reefs. But if somebody wants to donate a reef, uh, Sandy, where, 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 what's a web address, or what can um, they Google reef, to find out? Yep, it's reefsacrossamerica.org. And reefsacrossamerica is called uh, one word and then .org. And then um, you can go there, you can find a cemetery, or you can find a group that sponsors a cemetery. If you give through the group, then most groups do are doing fundraising for themselves also. So the wreaths each cost $15. And if the group is doing a fundraiser, they get $5 of that for their organization. So... Um, they can, you can do it that way, or some groups, instead of doing a fundraiser, they get um, three wreaths for the price of two. So they get an extra wreath to lay at the wreath-laying ceremony. Okay, very good. And like you said, uh, you can donate to the Fargo National Cemetery, you can North Dakota Veterans yep. Cemetery, or whatever cemetery yep. you'd like to donate yeah, a, I know a there's, to. There, yeah, the re there's also a cemetery in Minot that's on the list, the Rose Hill Cemetery, and our Minot chapter does um, fundraising for that cemetery also. Okay, very good. I think good. those are the ones in, in North Dakota. There are some others in, of course, Minnesota, Fort Snelling, and, and Arlington National Cemetery is the biggest, and, of course, that's also um, a Reese Across America Cemetery. Right, and I... I've seen uh, videos, news or whatever, of uh, several semis driving in there yes. with reefs. I don't know how many graves they mark, but uh, this it's this project. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. When the, when the semis start moving, and it's all donated, all the truck drivers, all, the, all of that is donated um, service to, to reefs across America and the veterans. Okay, very good. Well, Sandy, you did a great job. Uh, I learned a lot today, and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, well, for, thank you. For folks that want to learn more about the Daughters of the American Revolution or the Reef Project, what what was your web address they can go to again? The Daughters of the American Revolution's web is dar.org. Okay, pretty simple. And Daughters of the American Revolution, dar.org. Yes, and okay. the reefsacrossamerica.org is the reef site. Okay, very good. Well, uh Again, thank you for coming on, and we're going to continue this discussion after the break here with uh, Tom Krabinoff uh, talking about reefs across America and other uh, events here locally at our Fargo National Cemetery. So, again, Sandy, thanks for coming on. Thank you. 
To make them feel wanted, he's a good holy man. Hey, that is Sky Pilot from Eric Burton and the Animals, a, a song that became famous during the Vietnam War, and they are known as uh, chaplains in their respective units, helping our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines with uh, religious freedoms and strength as they were going through what they had to go through. So we appreciate all of those uh, chaplains uh, that served during every war. Okay, now we have uh, Troy Krabinoff on the air, and he's involved with the Wreaths Across America Project, and he's uh, very active in the Civil Air Patrol, so we're going to ask him to just briefly introduce himself and tell us a little bit about the Civil Civil Air Patrol before we get into specifics about the laying of reefs at the Fargo Memorial National Cemetery. Welcome, to, welcome, to, welcome, Troy. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it, and hey, thank you for your service. I appreciate being on here. You bet. All right. So the Civil Air Patrol. Uh, yeah, I'm the commander of the 119th Squadron, uh, the Air National Guard Cadet Squadron out in Fargo. And uh, uh, we do all of the, well, 90% of the inland searches for the Air Force. So when we get uh, alerted, we have over 560 aircraft in the, across the United States and abroad. And we uh, will do all the search and rescue. And um so our program, we're pretty much oriented around three areas. We want to promote aerospace education. By that, we can give our cadets some rides. Uh, we give the ROTC rides, uh, so we we keep people interested in aviation. Another way of uh, promoting our program, we, we do emergency services. So we kind of teach our cadets how to do search and rescue. Uh, there's a lot of medical that is involved because we are the first ones that will go out there to you know, search for a missing aircraft. And then our other area is cadet program. So we take cadets all the way down to 12 years old that can join this program. Uh, they do get to wear a military uniform, which is really cool. And lately we got a lot of new uniforms because the Air Force just changed their uniforms again. So we got brand new uniforms that we throw on our cadets. And we have our meetings on Tuesday night. Currently there's Zoom meetings due to COVID. But, uh, we're a pretty active program. We always have something going on every month, some kind of search and rescue exercise where we'll have a couple airplanes up in the air and a couple ground team vans with the cadets in them, you know, searching for our missing, what we call them an ELT, an emergency locator transmitter that will hide in the woods somewhere. So uh, it's an active program, pretty busy program right now. It's a little boring because of the Zoom meetings right now. Everybody's getting a little burned out by those. Uh, I imagine. Now, you have you have a lot of professional or, or licensed pilots in your organization actually doing the search and rescues. Plus, you're you're yeah. you're you're mentoring a lot of younger folks along the way, yes, right? I, I've been with this program quite a while, 27 years now, believe it or not. I was, I was out at the Air National Guard base there, and we didn't really have a cadet squadron on our side, so couple of our members said, you know, we got to try to get this program going out here. So back in 1995, we, we started up a cadet program. 
And we're very fortunate we have a senior program out here, too. So we have two squadrons right here in Fargo. Senior squadron, you know, they take care of our airplanes and uh, give our cadets a lot of rides. And, you know, my program has a lot of pilots in it as well. And uh, I always kind of try to explain it's kind of like the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. However, we have airplanes and uh, a little bit more military organized because we do wear the military uniform. And I'm sure you include patriotism in your curriculum, right? Yes, big time. Big time. Okay, thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. Uh, No problem. How about, uh, let's focus on uh, the laying of reefs now, on uh, reefs across America. I understand your cadets or your uh, Civil Air Patrol organization does a lot uh, lot of the work behind that. Exactly. You know, every civil, we, we basically adopted all of the veteran cemeteries um, as a civil air patrol because we are, you know, all over the United States. And, it, you know, the Worcester Wreath Company started delivering some wreaths to Arlington National Cemetery in 1992, kind of to the back areas where, you know, people weren't really visiting those grave sites anymore. So they felt like they're kind of forgotten soldiers, you know, so to speak. And in 1992, they started to drop some, and then a bunch of people took pictures and just loved it. Then every year they had more left over. They kept doing more and more to 2007, where they actually founded Wreaths Across America and did the whole cemetery. And from there, thanks to the Internet and media, it blasted all over the United States. And uh, the Civil Air Patrol picked up quite early in this, and we all adopted a cemetery. So our Fargo squadron, we are going to take care of the uh, Fargo Veterans Cemetery out by Harwood there. So that's our our baby from here on out. Okay. And this may be a moving target due to COVID restrictions, but I understand uh, currently there's planned on uh, presenting the, placing the reefs on uh, December 19th. Uh, but yeah. there, there's not going to be an open ceremony to the public due to meeting restrictions and that type of thing. Could you fill us in on what currently planned? Yes. Well, basically, Fort Snelling is in charge of our cemetery, and they got some really good personnel local here that take care of our cemetery. Um, you know, due to the COVID, they want us to keep under 50 people, and we have a lot of members, just like you were talking to Sandy. She has her crew. I have mine. You are involved in the patriotic bodies. So I, I talked to Jason Hicks and kind of said, hey, can you guys get 10 people? I'll get 10 people. We got the ROTC. We got the VFW out of Harwood. We got the American Legion. So obviously we have everybody that wants to get out there and, and do their part. Um, I would love to have my whole squadron there, but we're all kind of agreeing. Let's let's try to bring 10 each or some groups will bring five and um we're going to try to keep it down to 50. Now, last year, we had some civilians that came because they wanted to drop off some lease to specific places. Um, I want to put some wreaths on specific graves. I told a few people that donated wreaths. I said, I'll make sure your dad gets that, and I'll make sure I'll put one over here. And um, and some of them still want to come. So if they do want to come, they can contact me. What we'll do is we'll just lay a wreath to the side they can take that wreath to that particular gravesite later. And if they're not done by like six o'clock, we'll just take all the wreaths and finish their project. So every gravestone should have a wreath. Okay. Very good. And just to remind uh, our patriotic listening audience, uh, 
just due to the fact that you may not get there at 11 or 12 o'clock on December 19th, the cemetery is open uh, sunrise, sunset, sunset, Monday through Friday, or maybe seven days a week. I'm not sure. So you can go out there at any time. Now, if there's currently a funeral going on, there are restrictions, but uh, most times there's not. So I encourage our citizens to go out there and look around. If you've never been out there, it's a beautiful location, very quiet, pristine, uh, and uh, wait until those reefs are, are in place, and I bet it'll bring a tear to your eye. Yeah, it, it's very beautiful. And my cadets that were out there last year, they did it very ceremoniously. They'd place the wreaths, they'd back up, they'd render a salute, uh, and then walk away or march away from that site, and then they'd grab another wreath. So we'll, we'll have some boxes of wreaths just kind of sitting there, and if people do show up in cars, I'm going to have my cadets go out and kind of marshal them up to so they can do their portion you know we don't want to stop anybody from doing that and we should be able to keep everybody social distancing we'll be wearing masks we'll have gloves um so and like i said we're not really doing our ceremony there is quite a bit we read we read off every single balsam of the reef there's 10 balsams to the reef um and we you know have a ceremony because all across the united states all at the same time, they're, they're doing this same thing that we're doing. So it's kind of nostalgic in a way that oh, this is happening everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Troy, thank you for what you do for uh, the search and rescue operations, for mentoring our youth and getting other people involved, and for the very patriotic uh, efforts in uh, the Reefs Across America project to honor honor our fallen. And again, I encourage well, folks to go out there and... Uh, uh, if, if there are distancing regulations, please be patient with us. It's not our fault, right? Uh, we want to make sure everybody's uh, able to go out there and see and participate uh, as uh, restrictions allow. Yes, and, you know, I'll give you our site. I, I just want to make sure we do get them to our Fargo site. Um, so it is wreathsacrossamerica.org, but ours our site is a backslash MN0056P, uh, Minnesota, because Fort Snelling, we're kind of a uh, baby sister from Fort Snelling because they're kind of the head honchos in this region. But uh, it is MN0056P, and you can even pick a certain uh, uh, site that you want it to go to um, as well as you know the cemetery. So we are currently at 89 reefs, and we need 211 to go. So our, our site got a little late getting out there. I know we still have some wreaths coming from other organizations, but uh, we, we cut off the purchasing on the 30th of November. We should have everything done by then. So, so we still need people to go on to Wreaths Across America and order some wreaths so we can put a, a wreath on every site. Okay, very good. And how about if they're interested awesome. in the Civil Air Patrol? Do you have a web address or Facebook yep, or something? definitely. I always kind of send them to our North Dakota site, and that's the North Dakota wing, which is ndwg.cap, as in civil air patrol, .gov. And then uh, I send them to the join page because it'll bring them to some videos so parents can look at the videos and uh, cadets can look at cadet videos. Um, We get them up flying in our aircraft. We get them flying in our glider out of Castleton. Uh, We teach them, you know, some 
leadership skills and emergency services. It's a great program. And the crazy thing is we can take them all the way down to 12 years old into this program and, and get some discipline in them a little bit. I have my son in it. That's for sure. You know? Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, very good. Thanks again, Troy. Uh, we need to move on. We're going to go to a break here in just a minute and then we're going to come back. You know, we've spent quite a bit of time on the Fargo national VA veterans uh, cemetery. Uh, but there's another cemetery in North Dakota that has a lot more history and a lot more interments than we do here. And we want to go out to Mandan, where the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery is next. And have, we have the director lined up to come on and, and talk about that. So, Troy, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, stay tuned. Okay, I'm sure everybody recognizes the theme song for the United States Army. And on the line we have a representative of the North Dakota National Guard who is currently the director of the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery. Welcome aboard, Pamela Helbling Schaefer, and thank you for coming on today. Hi, good afternoon, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Uh, why don't you just quickly introduce yourself and let us know uh, some of your background and how you became, uh, how you got to be director of the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery. Oh, absolutely. So I was actually introduced to the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery in Mandan back in March of 2003 when my husband passed away and was buried there. And um, absolutely stunningly beautiful. I was overtaken by the beauty of the cemetery and um, got to know the director at the time and he needed some help. So he asked me to come in and help out in the office a little bit. So I took on a a full-time position in October of 2003 as a coordinator. And then in January of, um, actually it was January of, um, forgive me, um, we did, in in January of, I'm so sorry, I'm having some phone issues here. So I took over then as the director shortly thereafter. And with that, um, I have been doing the position since. And I'm happy to be there. I'm honored to be there, actually. So my heart and soul are in the position. It's not just a job for me. I actually um, I'm very honored to be a part of the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery. Okay. Um, I've been out there a couple times, but it's been a few years. But I, it, it's beautiful, beautiful cemetery. Uh, we like, are very, just, very fortunate to have it. Yeah, just like our new cemetery here in the east. Uh, but the uh, one in Mandan is a lot more history and a lot larger and everything. Uh, could you give us a kind of a current operation schedule uh, how many interments are out there how many uh, funerals do you do a week or a day or whatever absolutely so we actually have just under 9,700 burials to date and we opened in July of 1992 so in the past this past July was 28 years since we did our very first burial and um, with that we we on the average do about two burials a day However, this past year has been incredibly busy, and I don't know if it has everything to do with COVID or um, what it may be, but I do know that we are doing almost double the amount of burials per month lately that we normally do. Um, So again, um, we were established back in 1989. We broke ground back in April of 1990, and, and again, as I indicated a moment ago, we did our very first burial in July of 1992. So our first full year of burials happened in 1993, of course, and we only did about 113 burials then. And now we're averaging well over 535 burials a year. So it's definitely growing and it's definitely, um, I have folks that come in that 
um, buried their loved one, they come back a year later and they can't find them because it's grown so much since they were there that year prior. And access, uh, the general public, uh, are there hours that they can go out or is they restricted at all or can you go out there at any time and, and look around? Definitely. The gates are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So the public has access at all times. And then the office is open 8 to 4, Monday through Friday. However, we do have um, two buildings out there. We have our committal chapel building, and then we have our shop maintenance building. The committal chapel building has an entrance that is available to the public to access even when we're not there. So they can come in. We have a kiosk computer system where they can look up their loved ones. We just updated it recently with a QR reader. So they're able to use their smart device, scan that, and it will actually Google map them right to the gravesite they're looking for. And those that are not so savvy with with the, the smart devices, they can print off the information. Or we even have a book there. They don't want to use the computer at all they can utilize the book to look up where their loved one is buried because it is very, very large. We have just over 7,000 total grave sites, even though we have just under 9,700 burials. The, um, of course, some of the burials are double burials. So husband and wife go in the same grave site. So with that being said, it is hard sometimes to find where you're wanting to go. So this lookup center is very convenient for the, the public and those that are wanting to, to find someone interred there. Okay, great. Uh, could you give us, uh, for those folks that haven't been out there, do you have a website address, a Facebook, or even just the physical directions on how to get out there for the folks that have never been there? Absolutely. So as for physical directions, we are 6.5 miles south of Mandan. So if you actually follow the, the signs that lead you to Fort Lincoln State Park, we're actually half a mile um, just to the north of that. So, um, again, 6.5 miles south of Mandan on Highway 1806. Um, we do have a website. It is www.ndguard.nd.gov. Um, and with that, then you just click on the Veteran Cemetery link, and that will guide you to all of our information. Um, included in that, you will also find pre-registration application forms. If I may, Dave, just for a moment, talk about that. Now, pre-registration is not a requirement. However, I highly, highly recommend it. So if someone knows this is where they want to be buried someday, do it. Um, it's the best gift you can leave your family. Um, it's a very simple process. So you can go on our website. You can go on our Facebook account, um, and you can print this application and pull it off. Or we can certainly mail you one, too, if you'd rather that. But it provides us all your documentation. So when the time does come for you or your loved one, everything is on file and everything is there. So that is definitely something that I highly recommend folks to think about. I know it's something we don't want to think about, but it's inevitable for all of us. So it certainly is a recommendation of mine. Um, And with that, then, um, if I made the burial hours out there, we do our burials Monday through Friday. We do them on the hour, every hour from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. So we can do up to seven burials a day. And um, it's certainly um, something that we work with the funeral homes directly on, and they schedule appropriately for the families. Okay, very good. And you're talking about uh, applying early. There, there is there are uh, criteria to to be interred at the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, what what are those criteria? And one question we get quite often here in the East after the National Cemetery was dedicated about what 14 months ago. What's the difference between a state cemetery and a national cemetery, veteran cemetery? We get that often too, Dave. Um, so basically, the biggest difference between a state or tribal veteran cemetery versus the national veteran cemetery is the operations and maintenance. 
once the lights are turned on, if funding is the responsibility of the state or tribe if you're deemed a state or tribal cemetery. And then for the national cemeteries, they're covered by federal funds, meaning they don't have to worry about operations and maintenance. So you'll find that most of your state or tribal veteran cemeteries will actually um, charge a burial fee for spouses and or dependents where the national cemeteries do not. Um, also, the national cemeteries will provide the crypts, the, the vaults for full body burial, and state and tribal cemeteries do not, most of them. Some of them have come up with other ways to work around that. Now, um, in North Dakota, for, for Mandan, in the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery, Senate Bill 2195 was passed last legislative session, which basically um, states that the state of North Dakota will now pay that burial fee for spouses and dependents at the Mandan Veterans Cemetery. So that is no longer a hindrance for the families of, of those that are eligible to be with their loved one. So that is definitely a plus. So, so again, um, those are the main differences. Other than that, Dave, we are also um, on a review basis, just like the national cemeteries every five years. We have folks come in from Washington, D.C., and they have a team of individuals that basically take us through a microscope and make sure we're doing everything proper, we're handling everything as we should, and we have to hit the same criteria points as the national cemeteries do. So, so the really the only difference is, as I just stated earlier, Okay, very good. And I'm sorry, I know I know you had another question along with that. What was the other question you were asking in reference to that? Well, no, I think that's I think you covered it. But uh, uh, okay, so North Dakota good. National Guard, which includes both Army and Air Force, are, are both branches represented at the National or the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery. So this is what what is exciting about our cemetery in Mandan is we're the only veteran cemetery, the only state veteran cemetery that will um, that fall under the command of the Office of the Adjutant General. So all the other state and tribal veteran cemeteries fall directly under the command of their local state VA. So we are extremely unique in that regard. And I'm also happy to say we currently are the only one that will also inter National Guard and reservists who maybe did not have that active duty time other than for training and maybe didn't retire from the Guard or Reserve. But as long as they serve their enlistment term and they have a good character of service, they can be buried at our cemetery, which unfortunately they wouldn't qualify in a national cemetery. Okay, very good. Well, I think we just barely scratched the surface here. We're going to have to have, have you on again sometime, maybe prior to... Yes, uh, there's so much more to go over. Yeah, prior to <laughs> Memorial Day, maybe I'll try to put you on the schedule like April or so and get you back on the line. How, how would that be? That sounds great, Dave. Okay. Thank All you, right, Pamela. Thank you, thank you Pamela. I've been very informative uh, Thank you for coming on. Next, we're going to go to break here, and then we're going to talk some Minnesota American Legion information. You, you can run, but you can't hide, Tim. Today is Tim Hogan's birthday. Happy birthday, Tim. Well, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> that, but that's not why I have you on today. <laughs> but uh, happy Ugh. birthday. Uh, uh, Tim Hogan, he's the uh, vice commander of the uh, Minnesota American Legion. He's been a commander at the post level, district level, and now he's moving up to the state level. Uh, what exactly, how many vice commanders are there, does Minnesota have? 
Uh, we have five. Five? And where are you on yep. that pecking order? Um, I'm a vice commander for the 6th and the 9th district. Okay. So, and they're basically out of the St. Cloud, Camp Ripley, Little Falls area. So we're we're pretty much up in the northern part. Okay. So you're very familiar not only at a local level, but a regional level as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for coming on. And again, uh, I've been involved with American Legion and the VFW and other organizations, but the reason I wanted you on was to kind of concentrate on uh, uh, Minnesota American Legion and, and what uh, activities, conferences, conventions, and whatnot that you have coming up that you'd like the listening audience to know about. Well, like everything else, um, we're all in that same situation with a lot of everything's being canceled on the in-person, and we've gone to more of um, the virtual where we, do, we Zoom it and we get people that way. Um, it's not what you want to do because you'd rather be in person with everybody. But um, you know, we've had to cancel a lot of uh, a lot of events. Same thing on the on the VF side with uh, um, that partly involved with my wife and I. You know, same thing. It's you know, you're in here again. Uh, we understand it. It's for the safety of everybody. And um, so uh, with that, it's been it's pretty quiet. Um, uh, I could tell you at the local level here in, in Moorhead at the Legion, we've been pretty. The last few months until last night, now when we were shut down, we've been pretty busy trying to do things within the community. Um, one of the things I was going to talk about is last month in October, we did a, a food drive for the food pantry. And our gaming manager, Dennis Beckerley, came up with his idea. And he was going to do for every can that was brought in, he would give a dollar up to $500 with the possibility of that couple weeks as it went on. Well, anyhow, it ended up we had 925 pounds of food and stuff that we dropped off and um, basically a check for approximately $1,400. And we had everything from sardines to uh, tomato soup from toothpaste to toilet paper. So um, it was, it was very successful. And, and that was our whole goal is, you know, what we wanted to give this is given back to the community. And, you know, we can't thank our members and our customers. They're, they're so loyal in that. And so, and then we have another we had some other ones lined up, but you know, now we're pretty much at a standstill. Um, so it's making it pretty limited what we can do. Um, but we're still trying to do things. Now we will be at, at the Legion and more We will have takeout orders during this next month. Um, uh, we, we got a very, uh, active Facebook page. We get stuff out there. And, and, um, so you'll be more seen on that coming now, uh, between now and tomorrow. Um, you know, a regular menu and then we're going to have meals, but you know, we're going to encourage people to call in for those dinners and that. So, um, so we'll be busy every day of the week. We plan on doing things, even though we can't have sit in, we have takeout and we'll be there to assist that way. Okay. And, uh, um, I'm, I'm a, I guess you call it friend, friend of the Moorhead American Legion Facebook. You guys are really yep. active. I'm really impressed with uh, your newsletters and everything you do. So, uh, that's one thing people can do is uh, like your page, go to Moorhead American Legion and like it to see to see what you're up to. Right. And that's the whole thing is we just want to keep the community informed. You know, this is what's going You know, because you always hear out there, well, what do you guys do? What does this organization do? And, you know, but we, there is a lot of things that you don't realize until you actually go out and see it. And, and our, our Facebook page has just grown from not just the Fargo-Moorhead area or within, say, the area, but we're talking nationwide. We've got people liking it, and it, and, and that's nice to see, you know, and, um, and and it just gives us positive feedback for our community up here in the Fargo-Moorhead area. Um, we know we're so enriched with 
there's a lot of military around here and how we take care of with our veterans organizations. You know, we do a lot for our community. So I, and that's why I, I feel really proud about doing is because giving back. So. Right. And I think you mentioned, uh, you know, Minnesota currently has more strict restrictions than uh, North Dakota does, but we're all kind of in yep. the same barrel. We're, we're all dealing with this COVID thing and we need to, we need to take care of it and get it out of here. And uh, we need to do everything we can to, uh, to, to move forward, but to make sure that we move forward safely. Now, I, I know exactly. you and your wife, Karen, uh, are very active also in the Veterans Honor Flight, and we thank you for doing that. They're, they're operating under the same restrictions. We've had a lot of fundraising activities canceled over the last, what, nine, ten months or so, but yep. uh, not much different than any uh, veterans organization. I, I, I'm not sure what we're going to do in North Dakota. Uh, maybe you don't know either, but I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to be able to do our winter conference and that type of thing. Yeah, in our case, we canceled, well, our fall conference canceled, but right. a lot of us that have midwinters have already canceled them, and a couple are canceled totally, but our district, the ninth, we're going to do it, uh, we're going to Zoom it. You know, there's things you still have to accomplish, so, um, you know, and here again, it just everybody does stuff a little different, and yep. things got to get done. All right, you bet. And I, we're running out of time here, Tim. I'll try to get you back on the show again sometime. But for now, I think we have to sign off. And I encourage everybody to go to legion.org. Uh, the American Legion Oratorical Contest is coming up, and that's still scheduled. So uh, parents, grandparents, get on there and uh, find some opportunities for your kids. Okay, we're going to close here with playing and reading of taps. I hear the sound of taps. I listen to the bugler play, and I feel a sudden chill. I wonder how many times the taps have meant amen. When a flag is dropped, draped a coffin of a brother or a friend, I think of all the mothers, fathers, husbands, and wives, and children with interrupted lives. I think about a graveyard at the bottom of the sea, or unmarked graves in Arlington. No, freedom isn't free. Thank you, KFGO, for letting you have this hour. We hope to be back on again next month. <laughs>